It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. 49 seconds to go in the first half. Second and 10 from the Notre Dame 18. Here they come. Blitz. Passes away, and it is Stanley! Touchdown! Quite a remarkable catch by young Stanley. Well, the, fir- the first thing we, we noted that it was a blitz. Now, blitz means linebackers are coming and single coverage here in the secondary. The wide receiver going to go down and break to the corner. Now, quarterbacks, if you can block blitzes enjoy it a lot because you get the single coverage at the top Hoying just throws it out there gives it enough air stanley says hey that's not where i want it it's back to the inside now watch this recovery by stanley the ball is supposed to be thrown out to his right side but because the Hoying had to throw it quick he didn't throw it where he's supposed to in a great adjustment by stanley yeah folks um this is going to be a tough one, so I'm going to struggle for words all day, and I hope you bear with me. Um, I know that was kind of a, uh, a weird open to hear about a guy uh, from many years ago, and some of you may not even um, have recognized that clip, but uh, the famous Keith Jackson um, calling the play-by-play of my friend and brother, Demetrius Stanley, who has passed. Uh, it's He'd kill me for crying because... That's, he was never about that. He wanted a celebration of his life. Uh, He battled prostate cancer for a little over three years. He was diagnosed back in the fall of 2019. Um, Many of you have heard his name because after his career, um, he worked with me on television for nearly a decade. And it was the greatest decade of my life. Take your time, man. Take your time. <clears throat> yep, I knew it. Take your time, man. I know this is uncomfortable and awkward for people to listen to, and I apologize. No, you you don't need to apologize for any of this. Um, I'll fill in here for a little bit. I want to send my thoughts and prayers out to his family, his wife, uh, kids, everyone involved. Uh, that is a Stanley apologize for this this is the worst part of life mm-hmm. and want to apologize to you um i know this was your former teammate all of his other former teammates and coaches that are feeling this today um, my thoughts love and prayers are with you guys as well uh, just from my side of things very quickly uh, one of the first memories i had at this radio station was meeting you and meeting Dimitri stanley came into the building you guys were doing the show and there's always guys, because I grew up here in Pickerington, yep. right? I'm getting emotional now. Yep, local guy right out of Worthington. And you know the name growing up in the city. Yep. And waking up when I'm in junior high and and I'm in high school and couldn't wait to see you guys on TV. <laughs> couldn't wait to see what suit D. Stanley was going to have on. Yeah, I remember they- <laughs> all those memories for me. And to eventually be able to work in the same building with that man, for him to be just a great man and to have that type of 
relationship with him that anytime we saw each other, it was nothing but love. That's what I'll always remember. So um, you're the best man. No, no, no. I just wanted to share from my perspective, the type of man that I thought he was and how I viewed him even before I got into the same building with him. I'm thrilled that he inspired you. I'm thrilled that you admired him. I'm thrilled that he impacted your life in any way. I've said for uh, many weeks now that his battle became ultimately very serious over the last five weeks or just over that, that I was gifted this guy into my life. And I was lucky. And for however many years you have. And so... It's uh, it's one of those things, and you mentioned, you know, the TV stuff, and, you know, people knew him for as much as, like you said, what he was wearing, as much as what he was saying. And I always said to him and kind of joked with him, you know, that he had to wear those suits because he had to match his bright, his smile. His smile was as bright as the clothes he wore. And so his clothes had to match his smile, not the other way around. And I've never met someone that could walk in a room and just change moods just by being there. And that was Demetrius Stanley. And um, great talent, obviously. Um, You know, we were very lucky because his father, Wayne, a great player in his own right, played for Earl Bruce at Iowa State. And when Earl got the job, brought Wayne with him. And um, certainly, D growing up here at Thomas Worthington, um, there was no other place he was going to go. There was no other place that he wanted to go. And, you know, it was, uh, wasn't the biggest guy in the world. Incredible heart, heart of a lion. Uh, played the game with incredible passion. Um, and I'm leading with, that, with his athletic career, and I think that's doing him injustice. Because anyone that was fortunate enough to know him uh, knew what kind of man he became, what he was, how his life changed even more after he met his beloved Jessica. So he just, he was a guy that, that could, he was just one of a kind. There's no other way to say it. I know we talk about sports and athletics and we put these guys on pedestals because they can do things that we'd like to be able to do on a field or a court. But, uh, I know this phrase is tossed around a lot. You know, he's a great athlete, but a better man. And it didn't fit anyone more than him, honestly. Um, he, he had those moments that you'll hear along the way. Uh, that catch against Notre Dame was, I think he believed the best catch he ever made because he didn't even see the football. He was catching a black dot in the sun that was eclipsing that sun when he made that move in the end zone in the right corner, I believe, of the north end. And when Hoyne put it up there for him and he got to learn play with guys like Terry Glenn and he's with him now. And it's, uh, it's just surreal, but he is worth every breath that I'm giving today. And a lot more as a guy, um, you know, he, when he was diagnosed with prostate cancer, <clears throat> I want to tell you that his, outlook of who he was matched how he battled that. Um, Like I said earlier, he'd kill me for crying. Just absolutely kill me. Uh, He was all about celebrating life. I've never met someone 
with that much courage. Every time I sat with him over the last five weeks, he wanted to celebrate his life. He said something so profound to me, Maddie, when I was in the hospital with him. He said, someone in my position shouldn't be able to revisit their lifetime achievements like this. That he found that he was so appreciative of that, of being able to have all his teammates around him, his friends, his family, his children, uh, people that, that he impacted, to be able to walk down his own memory lane of his life at the darkest time, he actually appreciated. And he was all about celebrating life. He died as he lived. Um, he was that kind of a guy. He, you know, he just kind of, he just, life for him was about the everyday, just about the present every day. Um, you know, he's such a, a star athlete here. And at the time he, you know, went down to Miami and was going to be a dolphin and things didn't go his way. Um, may didn't get the representation he probably needed at the time and things fell through. He wound up going, you know, CFL and arena and, and, kind of had to find his way after his athletic career ended. And he popped on TV with me over at Channel 6, and it was like destiny. You know, uh, our first year on the air was the march to the title in 02. And the stories I could share, which I have shared, uh, he, was, he was one of those guys that uh, just changed lives. And even after he was diagnosed with prostate cancer, you know, he started his Brave Men, Inc., which you can see on Facebook, which was about advocacy and education and setting the tone for men who suffered with this and being brave and talking about it and getting the education and the help that you needed um, and supporting people that, that were sick as well. Um, you know, he, uh, he's just one of those guys that this is so rare for me to say because I'll miss all of the little things forever. And when you say that about someone, that you'll miss the little things, that's all it's about, you know. And so it's, uh, it's just tr- a tremendous loss, but also a tremendous celebration of his life and his lifetime achievements. Um, his father, Wayne, his mom's. Amy, Pat, and Paula, uh, his brothers, Michael, Demel, and Robert, his sister, Tanisha, um, his other sisters, Morgan, Mona, and Mackenzie, his incredible wife. I've never seen a stronger woman in my life than Jessica. His Children are absolute rock stars as people. Uh, Aubrey, Lexi, Dakota, his beautiful little daughter that will turn seven in March. You will watch this girl become a star. I guarantee it. She's already there. 
at six and a half. And so it's he just this guy was a lion, man. This guy was a lion. His courage was off the chart. But he was such a great guy. He was so down to earth, yet he was able to find fun in everything superficial. Like, nothing rocked this guy. Nothing. He's never met a stranger. This guy, Demetrius Stanley, could find more happiness in holding court with 75-year-old grandmothers on the Buckeye cruise as he did running up on that stage with his teammates. I saw it firsthand. He had more fun talking to people like that than reliving his athletic days. And if he he did have a GoFundMe page for his medical costs, which you can find, and his daughter would is going to uh, certainly benefit with anything that can be given. I know that his home will be turned into a florist, and that's okay too. But in lieu of that, he had his the love of his family and support, and they will need our support now. And I'm telling you that he was one of a kind. And so there'll be some apparel eventually where all the proceeds will go to his cause and his family, his brave men, Inc. Real men talk about about health and he was never too proud or too ego to 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 be worried about that and he really you know the you know we weren't sitting talking about his medical medical condition every day that's not what we wanted to talk about we wanted to laugh and remember and we did whether it was sitting there watching Rocky three again from beginning to end or, or watching whatever movie he wanted to put on. I'll tell you a funny story. I was in the hospital with him and we watched a movie uh, about halfway and it was the, it was Adam Sandler's movie hustle. And I said, yeah, I've heard a lot about that. He's like, you know what? Roth dog, you're going to love that. And so we watched half of it there and I was really into it. And then I, I had to leave because other people were there, and we didn't get to finish the movie in the hospital. And uh, I couldn't wait to go back and watch it with him. Couldn't wait to go back and finish it with him, and we did. And it's those little moments. You know, his, it's funny. He, he, his favorite scene in, Rocky, in all the Rocky movies was in Rocky Three when Mickey tells Rocky about his title defenses being handpicked and to keep him winning and to keep him healthy and... Rocky was so upset about that. And his favorite line in the movie was that the worst thing happened to you that could happen to any fighter. You got civilized. And I think he saw his life take a similar path, that the attitude and edge he needed changed in his life. And, you know, I just recently saw this movie last week called The Last Movie Star. And Burt Reynolds basically plays himself 
an aging star. He's kind of mad he's forgotten by the mainstream, and he winds up going to this very small, like, made-up film festival to receive this lifetime achievement from these basic nerds who are fans of his work. It was really funny. And he kind of takes a detour to Knoxville, Tennessee in the movie, Burt Reynolds does, where he kind of visits the home he grew up in. And he was a football star at Tennessee in the movie. And he's standing outside Neyland Stadium as an elderly man looking in. And then he goes and he picks the lock of the stadium. And he walks to the midfield and kind of tells the story to this girl who's the sister of the brother who put on the film festival. And her job was to just drive him around. And she knew nothing about him. And he talks about how he scored this game-winning touchdown against Texas in the movie, and he wrecked his knee, and it ended his career. And he said to her in the movie, he goes, well, it's fun being a movie star, but nothing compares to being a football star. (laughs) And it was all in the pre-social media garbage world. In our little bubble of Columbus, Ohio, I started thinking that Demetrius Stanley pulled off this rare double. He was both. He didn't have to pick. He was Columbus's movie star, in my eyes. And people tuned in, as I said, to see what he was wearing as much as what he was saying. and Maybe more so, he was that charismatic. And that smile, as I say, could change a day for a stranger. And when you think about a legacy... I don't think there's anything more powerful than that, that you can change the mood of a stranger just by meeting them. And that was him. And I appreciate the thoughts for his family, his children, his friends, his teammates, his coaches, everybody that impacted his life. And he told me, don't cry. It's a celebration of his life. And I don't know who was watching Somebody was. I think they may have known who they had, but maybe not. Maybe it was the Lord that knew who he had. But he was on the 17th floor of the James. And his view was looking right into that shoe. And it was meant to be that he had that view as the last one of his life. Because it meant so much to him and his family. We'll make it through today because my friend would demand it. We'll be back on The Fan.